Sports is recorded in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley. Starring Dave. Surprising little fun fact, King Griffey Jr. was the first number one overall draft pick to go into the Hall of Fame. Chris. ALCS MVP for the Houston Astros. Gary Sanchez. Brad. You're a professional. Act like you've gotten criticism before because obviously you have. And Joe. Yeah, Chris Davis is awful. And now, 4D Sports. And here we are on another episode of 4D Sports. Joe Deck here, Brad Deck, and Dave Johnson with me via the phone. And guys, um, we first need to go over George Loss's very important answers. Um, he is a huge WWE guy. Um, to This is piggybacking off last week's interview with George Loss. Uh, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin, favorite all-time wrestler. I know that's right up there with Dave. Love it. Um, WWE is a huge part of my teenage years. So I'm all about it. You can't go wrong with Stone Cold. Yeah. He talked about, um, you know, why he also likes WWE. He said, you know, uh, some people make fun of it. He, he understands it's fake, but he's all in it for the soap opera. And, um, right. yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I used to watch WWE, I thought it was really funny. I have, I've checked out because I thought the storylines were getting kind of stale and I didn't like them. But, um, yeah, he's also excited about AWE. Uh, Cody Rhodes new venture I know Dave and I were going through the roster this weekend uh, they've got some names yeah I mean Stone uh, yeah. Cold Steve Austin great answer I mean how, how do you go wrong with Stone Cold that's right? true yeah I forgot to get Brad's opinion on that yeah thank you for chiming in there Brad <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but... I'm gonna, don't worry I'm going to give my minute but... <laughs> no. no I mean Stone Cold Austin uh, everyone loves Stone Cold. If you don't like Stone Cold, there's probably something wrong with you. You, don't, you, don't, you just don't like wrestling, then. But, I mean, I love that he mentioned that it's like a soap opera, because anytime I try to explain it to people, they're like, wrestling is dumb, it's so fake. I'm like, no, you don't get it. It's a, it's a soap opera for men. And women, too. But, like, you know, it's, it's not like the boring kind of soap operas you would see in daytime TV. Yeah. Not fake, it's scripted. It's scripted. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Some of the injuries are quite real. Um, but going back to AWE, Dave, uh, it was, a. I I mean, it's not a fantastic roster, but they got some names. Yeah, they got some potential. Uh, you know, they got some names to draw people in and, uh, they got Jim Ross on the mic. So, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Oh my gosh. That was exciting uh, to find out. I haven't seen much of what happened. I think they had like their first big event the other weekend, uh, have to check out some highlights or something on YouTube to see how it went. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's get into the Valley League now. Um, now that we've started off with the wrestling minute. Um, so we're going to shift gears here to Dave and I went to see the battle of the two first place teams in the North this weekend with Strasburg hosting a doubleheader against Woodstock where Woodstock swept the doubleheader. And now the River Bandits are just a game behind Strasburg. They've won eight of their last 10. Uh, Strasburg has lost six of their last 10. So Strasburg going in the wrong direction. Woodstock climbing up the ladder to get to them. Uh, with Strasburg's slide here recently, Waynesboro stayed pretty hot. They are now the best team in the Valley once again, and they're two and a half ahead of Charlottesville at 22 and 10 are the generals. Uh, they look 
really good. I know Brad and I have seen Waynesboro. Dave and I have now seen Strasburg. Uh, but let's talk about the doubleheader, Dave. Um, the, these were two games where Woodstock was kind of in control pretty much throughout. The first inning was interesting in the second game, but outside of that one inning, I it kind of felt all Woodstock the entire night. It really did um, on all aspects of the game. Uh, Strasburg had uh, quite a few big errors in that first game. Uh, they gave up a lot of hits on top of it uh, and never had a chance. Uh, the second game was a little interesting for a little bit, um, and then Woodstock was able to pull away. Um, lots of big fly balls. Um, good bit of them stretched out and got out of uh, the little field there in Strasburg and a lot to the warning track. Uh, some exciting plays for both teams, but like you said, Woodstock kind of dominated them uh, in both games and what was a big weekend uh, doubleheader uh, in that division. Yeah, I mean, there were two home runs robbed in the game. Uh, game one saw the leadoff hitter get robbed of a home run by the left fielder for Strasburg, and then um, Strasburg didn't score until late in game number one, uh, it was a 10-1 final, I believe, in that first game where Michelle Michelle, uh pitched for Woodstock and uh, really helped Woodstock with the second game because they didn't have to go to the bullpen at all in that first game. It meant everybody was available to them for game two that came in available in that day, and that just really helped Woodstock in that second game be able to go to... And Dave and I mentioned it. They, they pulled a pitcher pretty quick in game number two, uh, we thought, but you know, with the available arms they had, they were, they had that luxury. But Dave, I think you mentioned the big fly balls game. Number two, uh, Sonny D launched one to the moon. Uh, he got the Strasburg space program off the ground with that moonshot. I mean, that thing, here's the funny thing about it. The first pitch or he had a pitch earlier in that at bat that he absolutely clobbered but it went foul and then i don't know maybe two pitches later he got one and it did not go foul yeah you're right uh he did that i think in another bat he just hooked it foul uh into the trees <laughs> but the one at bat there was no doubt when he got a hold of that one uh i don't think the left fielder even bothered for it oh no left uh, fielder was head down <laughs> <laughs> and bless all the little kids going out to try to find it but thinks that one belongs to bigfoot now yeah, Brad. Um, I'm not sure you've been to Strasburg a few times, so you might remember what it's like in the outfield. It is a bit squatchy. Oh yeah, it's totally squatchy. There's definitely some squatches, but that are living back there. Now, Brad, uh, Dave, and I noticed they both teams wore the same uniform for both games. So, you know, in terms of laundry, very economically or uh, eco-friendly there, but. I got to be honest, I didn't love either team's uniform. Um, I Woodstock won game one in the ugly orange, so I get it going to it again. But Strasburg with those camos, I feel like that's probably why Strasburg lost, if we're being honest. Um, well, did they wear gray pants? I don't know. I didn't pay attention. You're the pants guy. I didn't pay attention to the pants. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, you got to wear white at home. I don't know if they did or didn't. I can neither confirm nor deny. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like they were white, but it could be wrong. Yeah, I I just remember the camo and I how much I hate it. I don't see why you hate camo so much. I think I remember Strasburg kind of doing it a little bit. 
What? I, I think Strasburg was a little bit tasteful, if I remember the last time I saw their camo uniform. I don't know. There's no such thing. Um, I don't know, Dave. What do you think about my theory that that's the reason they lost? No. It's a little far-fetched. I don't think you hate it. They did win back-to-back championships. I don't believe they had camos uh, those years. Waynesboro wears camo. Waynesboro's not wearing camo this year. They got new uniforms, and look at them. They are taking off, soaring like <laughs> eagles to the top of the standings. I feel like I wouldn't have minded uh, Woodstock as mad if it wasn't like a T-shirt. It was more of a, a jersey feel to it. Yeah, they had the green ones that we thought they were busting out for game two, but then after they went complete game dominance in game one, I, superstition, I get it. Baseball's a superstitious sport. I'm not superstitious, hey, but I am a little stitious, so I get it. That's why you got to wear white pants at home. I, Brad, I don't know. Maybe they did wear white pants. I don't know. But going back to the standings here very briefly, uh, we've seen Newmarket and Winchester right now holding serve at that three and four spot in the north. Percival. They are a game behind Winchester in their chase to get into the playoffs. Front Royal, they are four back of Winchester and still going in the wrong direction. Doesn't look good for the Front Royal Cardinals making it into the postseason this season. Uh, Waynesboro, I mentioned they are number one in the South. Charlottesville, number two in the South. Covington and Stanton right now have the three and fours. Harrisonburg, who had been lighting the world on fire, took a big step back this week. Uh, They are now two games under the final playoff spot, which is held by Covington and Stanton. And really, I mean, they're not out of it, but it's been kind of crazy to see the free fall that Stanton had after being very dominant earlier in the year. And then Harrisonburg, who has just kind of been an, a roller coaster. Uh, but it's been very interesting to see that. Um, but we'll have to see how the final week and a half or so plays out. I think we, we will record one more episode before the end of the Valley League season. So uh, when we do that, we'll be trying to guess who will make it in there and then also be trying to give you the best playoff previews we can. Uh, the playoffs are going to happen fast and furious in the Valley Baseball League as they don't have any off days, which uh, is great in terms of getting games in and if it rains, uh, if you don't have any off days built in, then, you know, the rain is your off day. But uh, judging by this year so far, it looks like that may be the case. Dave? Yeah, what, uh, I think Woodstock had a game read out um, the day after the winter, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully we, we get a good stretch. We get to fit in all the playoffs. We don't have to, have to modify the playoffs like last year. And uh, it's a good end of the season. That would be good. Uh, Guys, talking briefly here with Major League Baseball before we wrap up this podcast with the interview with Coach Mike Bocock. Um, The Orioles almost got perfect gamed uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays. It wasn't until the ninth when Hanser Alberto finally got a hit, and then, of course, the Orioles don't even get shut out. They end up scoring a run. But the Orioles almost won. It, well, they did win the one game uh, Saturday. The game Sunday where they almost got perfect game. They, yeah, they were, I don't know. I don't get this team. 
I, I mean, look, they're really, really bad. There's, they're really bad. I mean, I get that, but I mean, almost combined perfecto. I mean, that's not good. You cannot be getting well, almost provine, combined perfecto. I'm just saying, I'm used to our team being on the wrong end of history. Uh, so when I hear like something special is happening in a game that the Orioles are in, I just expect us to be on the wrong side of it. People get perfect games. I mean, it happens. Yeah. But combined perfecto, it would have been the first ever combined perfect game. Really? Yeah, I think I saw that on Twitter. That somebody put out it would have been the first combined perfect game. See, that's actually more surprising to me because I feel like you bring in a different pitcher, it gives it a different, different look. You know, it'd be harder to hit again through the lineup at least one time. But most people don't pull their pitcher in a perfect game scenario. Yeah, but I don't know. Fourteen thousand were combined games as people did. Yeah, fourteen thousand were in attendance to almost see the first combined perfect game. <laughs> attendance has been pretty bad. I feel bad. I I, I don't know what to do there. I, I don't blame fans for not paying to go watch this team. I haven't, but uh I don't know. I get the fans I get the players and the team wanting to sell tickets too. I God bless that ticket department because they have to have the hardest job in baseball right now. Yeah, is there any news on that? Uh, has there been any news on that deal with the the Nats, the the case? Uh, no, it's still in court. We're still fighting them to to the death. Yeah, we should. Uh, but we did trade Andrew Kashner. We got two teenagers that are in the Dominican Summer League right now. Some fans were upset. They thought, I don't know. I don't know what they wanted. Uh, Andrew Kashner is good, not great. So he's not going to get you good prospects. He's, he's also gonna... not super young. No, he's going to get you eh, prospects. That's what we got from the Red Sox. And look, if you're Boston, I get it because you need to bolster your rotation because you have two psychopaths and David Price and Chris Sale and maybe Andrew Kashner will bring some balance and calm those crazy people down. But from the Orioles standpoint, I, you know, fans are upset. I, I, why do you want a guy who is doing good on this team? <laughs> we are going to be horrible. I mean, we are 32 games out of first place. Literally, if you're good, it just means you're auditioning for another team right now. That's all it means. I don't even know if anyone on the roster right now will be on the roster by the time the Orioles are competitive again. Yeah, I mean, no matter uh, what you guys got, you got to trade and give it to stand for them. Um, and just hope that the prospects pan out that you get. I mean, Cashman, like you said, he's having a good year this year. That's pretty much all the O's needed him for. And he, the Red Sox aren't buying him for anything farther than this year to get him over to the playoffs. So. I was going to say, he's talked about retiring at the end of this year if he got traded. So, I mean, it may just be a rental. So, yeah, the Red Sox are not giving up anything of value for a rental. We're all about Adley Rushman right now. Like, that's that's the biggest Oriole right now. That's the one guy you don't trade right now. Yeah, remember when we did that? Uh, we did that exact same thing with Matt Weeders? Yeah, but again, different different group. Yeah, it's got to be worse. No, this guy's going to be better than Matt Weeders. Matt Weeders was trash. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead, Brad. 
I said, I'll believe it when I see it. That's it. Oh my gosh. You got to have hope, dude. It's all we have. Yeah. 15 years from now. No, it's not going to be that long. Probably like five or six, five or six. All right, here's our interview with Mike Bocock of the Woodstock River Bandits. He plays and coaches. <laughs> we have Coach Mike Bocock of the Woodstock River Bandits with us. And, Coach, you guys have pulled within a game of Strasburg. Um, but I guess the first question I want to ask you is, how does it feel to be back in the Valley League? It, it's great. I mean, it's uh, been a while, but it's uh, you know, a pleasure to work in uh, Woodstock. It's a pleasure to work with Porky Bowman and all those guys and people. Uh, you know, the host families are so good. And and just we have a really good community in, in uh, Woodstock. They want to win. They care about it. And we're trying to do what we need to do. And it's uh, the guys are responding. And, and we got good guys. That makes it fun. Well, I know Strasburg's had some injuries, but this is still a team that's thrown two combined no-hitters, and you guys really rocked them in both games offensively. Talk about the offensive performance tonight. Well, we've, I mean, we've hit the ball all year long. You go back and look at the stats in the Valley League, and, you know, you have Nagel and Ward and some of those guys are up there, and, you know, our first five, six hitters are, you know, hitting the ball pretty well, and and uh, we did it tonight. I mean, we, we stepped up, and they, those guys came through with some big hits, and we hit the ball. We, you know, had a good approach at the plate, and, did what we needed to do. Well, Michelle really helped your pin out for that double header. That's always a concern when you're in a double header. Yeah. He goes the complete seven and only gives up the one run that came in the seventh. Talk about his performance tonight. Oh, Michelle was tremendous. You know, he's been he's been really good since he got here from us. You know, and and uh, he he's you know, but but equally as good as a lot of other guys. I mean, Miller has been lights out. I mean, he hadn't put out you know anything. You know, he didn't give him anybody. He's our closer, and Michelle's a guy. And, I thought Ewald pitched well tonight, and we come in with Haggerty, who we had a good combination of guys, lefty, righty, and and you know, yeah, you're right about the uh, you know the Michelli start. I mean, it was tremendous, and it it allowed us, you know, what he did in the first game probably allows us to do what we need to do in the second game. Well, coach, now the River Bandits. You came in tonight down three. Now you're within one of Strasburg, a team that was really hot at the beginning of the year. They've started to fade here toward the playoffs, but. What is the message to your team as you approach the final weeks of the season? Well, you know, our message is that we put ourselves in position to get reach the playoffs and to try to reach the goals we have. And, and you know, one of the goals was to win the pennant. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we're, we're trying to win what we can win, but, you know, we got a long way to go. Strasburg's got a good ball club. Newmarket's good. So, you know, we're, we're playing in our division. And, you know, I mean, last night front roll came out and, you know, spanked is pretty good. So, you got to win every night, and it, and that's you know it, this is the Valley League. It's this is the time of year that some teams get going, some teams fade away, and uh, you know I just the way it is. But uh, Strasburg Brock does a great job. They're going to be fine, and and uh, you know we'll probably see them again sometime soon. All right, Coach. Well, we'll get you out of here on a couple just for fun questions that we ask everybody. Yeah, there you go. First one: What is your favorite animated Disney movie? My favorite animated Disney movie, probably The Lion King. Well, uh, Fox and the Hound. Okay. Uh, my son liked The Fox and the Hound. Love that answer. And yeah. uh, what's a song that you like that you're afraid to admit to other people? What's the song that I like? That you're afraid to admit to other people. I don't know. Man, that's a hard question. Um, hey, I kind of like that Macarena, but I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks, Coach, and good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you. 
Okay, guys. So we heard from Coach Mike Bocock, and thanks again for him taking the time to talk to us after the doubleheader. Um, I'm not going to lie. I told Dave as we walked out to the parking lot, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been asking the two just for fun questions just because uh, Coach Bocock seems like a very old school guy. I wasn't sure if he was going to play play ball, um, to use a baseball analogy or baseball term, um, but he did. So uh, we were very appreciative of that. Uh, we heard all the baseball answers, which are you know very good and expected, uh, but... The the two questions we really love to break down here on the podcast are the favorite Disney movie. Now, he was going Lion King, but he went with an audible to Fox and the Hound, which, great audible. Dave? Yeah, I loved it. Like you said, uh, when you were interviewing, I was like, I'm not sure how he's going to take these, uh, these just for fun questions or how up this analogy is on his Disney movies, but he obviously showed us that he loves his Disney movies. I mean, not only is he a Lion King fan, pulled out the fox and the hound which is one we think we've heard yet uh, but it's a classic yeah i'm still going through the archives i don't think we've had that yet right so i loved it brad your thoughts on fox and the hound i think the only people who have even mentioned that movie on this podcast are us and (laughs) it is so underrated i i love the pick um probably my favorite pick of all the interviews honestly because you know I think this movie is very underrated and it deserves more credit than it gets. And I I love the movie. So great pick. That's how, you know, you have a true Disney aficionado on your hands too. Like Dave said, maybe you weren't sure how his Disney knowledge was, but when you pull out Fox and the Hound, that's it. That's a deep track. And that's a good call that shows off that he's got some Disney knowledge and we love it. Um, Then, uh, in terms of songs, he is afraid to admit to other people. He told us the song was played on the PA system at the game that night. Um, he said he kind of liked that Macarena song. Uh, <laughs> great call. Great call, Brad. Uh, I was never a fan of that song, honestly, myself. But I, I definitely appreciate the honesty, and uh, I'm glad that he went with that because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I would be afraid to admit that too. Dave. Right, he must have been feeling the Macarena when they were, you know. And I, maybe it's his good luck song they were putting up tons of. I was gonna say uh, the way they were playing, I would have done the Macarena. Be all about it, and then he hit us with uh, after the interview was over, which you're probably gonna mention. He hit us with another gym uh, of music he likes. Yeah, he said he likes a little bluegrass, and that that's our jam. Now, now you're talking. That. I do love that. I wouldn't I, be afraid to admit it, but when you when you drop bluegrass as you know a preferred genre for you man it sounds like you know we were kind of unsure because of you know just his demeanor and he seems like an old school kind of guy in terms of his attitude to the game and the way he coaches which isn't a bad thing um but like i said we weren't sure how he was going to be on the just for fun questions it sounds like maybe mike bocock is our best friend that we didn't know we had Oh yeah, I think that he's nominated for the 40 Interview Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh, yeah, and I'm telling you, I'm going through the archives. We're gonna get all the answers down. We're gonna try to remember these interviews, and we're gonna we're gonna be trying to figure out, you know, how many people go in each year, how we decide who goes in. Um, we know Ray is gonna be in there in the inaugural class. Everyone else is up for debate, but wow, this Fox and the Hound the Macarena, and then you drop outside the interview, 
but you dropped to us that you're a big fan of bluegrass. Wow. I mean, just thank you so much. The bar has been set, folks. Um, but again, thanks to Coach Bocock. Woodstock playing a lot better. Again, last year, this was a team that won just five games last year, and now they are within a game. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday night, Monday, July 15th. Uh, they are within a game of the North Division, and you do look at the league leaders offensively. This team is full of them. Uh they are just raking the ball. They've got the number two and number three hitter in batting average with Ward and Nagel, both hitting over 400 in home runs. You have Nagel uh, up there tied for the lead. Three off the lead is Ward and Holsa. Um, I believe we were sitting next to Holsa's family. Um, he's the guy from Virginia Tech, so go Hokies. Uh, and then Nagel is third in RBIs in the league award two behind Nagel. Uh, so when you look at the offensive categories, you see a lot of Woodstock river bandits. And now the pitching is starting to come along for them uh, with Tristan Bayless, who leads the league in strikeouts. He's second in ERA behind Austin Cohn of the Harrisonburg Turks. But it, it's starting to look like, you know, I, I don't know. I had, I was waiting to see Strasburg. Strasburg had been dominating the whole, whole year. But here down the stretch, um, they've started to fade a little bit, and it's starting to look like maybe Woodstock is going to catch them and win the pennant. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's like you said. I mean, based on what we saw the other night, um, and what the league leaders Woodstock has, it's hard to see them uh, going into a slide this late in the season. Um, with them going to be in one game behind Strasburg, uh, you kind of look for them to maybe take uh, that, that top spot away from them. Uh, if not, be a big challenger in the playoffs. Now, Brad, um, going to go ahead and drop a little podcast news. I know you're soon going to be moving to where it's very hard for you to make a whole lot of Valley League games, especially if Percival doesn't make the playoffs. Um, but, you know, obviously on weekends, you're invited to come with us. Where are we going? Valley League baseball games, Brad. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Where else will we go? The same thing we do every weekend, Pinky. Try to take over <laughs> the world. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the playoffs. I think I think it's going to be difficult. It, as uh, I think uh, George Glass said last week, um, you know, it's, a lot of it's going to depend on who can, who can keep their guys around and, you know, not have the guys leave to go back, uh, report back to their teams. Um, whoever can keep their guys hanging around and whoever gets hot here at the end, which is, it looks like it's going to be Woodstock in the North. Woodstock does look really good in the North. And again, Waynesboro has been hot all year in the South. That's the team that has kind of not faded. Charlottesville's up there too. I would say those two have definitely separated themselves in the South. I'd say it's those two. And in the North, I mean, who knows? I, I Woodstock is the hottest team right now. Strasburg's been hot most of the year. I think if Strasburg can, you know, right the ship here before the playoffs start, I think they're still very much a contender to win the North, uh, but Woodstock and then, you know, Newmarket, Winchester, Percival, any one of those teams, uh, I guess I just wouldn't be too shocked if any of them ended up in the championship against Waynesboro or Charlottesville. I mean, all that being said, you really don't want me to pick your team to win it all. Cause, that's probably the kiss of death. So 
I say I don't think we've been very good when we go into the playoffs when we try to predict who wins. I think that's been no. bad for the team. But that will do it for us here on this week's 40 Sports. Remember to like us on Facebook, 40 Sports Podcast. We're on Twitter at 40 underscore sports like retweet share the episodes let everyone know about us so they can continue to listen again it looks like we are going to be going to quite the race in both the north and the south for those final playoff spots as we go down the last week and a half we'll be back monday with our final home stretch uh preview and into the playoff preview and then we will be talking about valley baseball league playoffs here very shortly Hopefully the rain stays away. Uh, Do your anti-rain dances. Make sure the rain stays out. Um, Build some domes really quickly, guys. Uh, Let's get it done. (laughs) Brad, do you have a bad joke for us this week? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) I do not. I've been doing a lot this week. Okay, well, what about this one? Uh Oh, you got one? I love it. What rhymes with orange? No, it doesn't. And if you get it, I'd almost forgotten about that one. If you get it, good for you. Um, I I gotta be honest. I saw this on a minor league thing. Minor league baseball team was doing dad joke night, and that was one of them. Uh, I had to listen to it two times to get it. I'll be honest, but once I got it, it I couldn't stop laughing. All right. Well, there will be your Brad bad joke of the week, brought to you by me this time, Joe. Um, Brad has been very busy this week. Again, he's going to be. Uh, just landing himself a good job. So congratulations, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we'll be close enough to some of the North Valley League games anyway to see him in the future year. Yeah. Way to go, Dr. Brad. Not a doctor. Yeah. so you say. All right, so that will wrap it up here on 40 Sports. Again, until next week, for Brad and Dave, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening. Good night.